possible. Welcome to decaf um, and happy, honestly, happy Utah Jazz Month. I'm going to give you. Oh, we get the whole month? I'm going to give you the whole <laughs> month because if you win, you're going to be obnoxious for a month. And if you lose, you're going to be devastated for a month. So let's just go ahead and say happy Utah Jazz Month. I'm a diehard Bama fan. I know how it is. Um, I'm just going to give you the month. You're welcome. I'm excited we get to talk about it too later. That's that's an exciting thing. We talked about it a little bit. Letting so me talk about it now. Yeah. As of now, keep your mouth shut. we got serious business to talk about. But happy Utah Jazz. Um, you know, Mark, when I was uh, starting in my sorority, they always said only wear one item of Alabama or Alpha Chi clothing at a time. You are always maxed out on Utah Jazz. So right now I have the hat, the jersey, and hold up, you can't even see, but I have the sweatpants. Oh my <laughs> you are maxed out. I would be curious to know how much money you've spent on Utah jazz apparel over the years. I think it'd be interesting. Like, I think my, I think my actual like clothing stuff, like 40% of it's jazz. And like, I actually have a lot of clothes for a guy. So like there's, I have a lot of jazz stuff. This is unbelievable. I mean, I get it. I'm kind of the same way with Alabama. If I go in a thrift store and there's an Alabama vintage something, you know, you know, I'm about to buy that. Um, So you're going on a trip this week. And I know that on airlines, they're still requiring masks, but the CDC has loosened its mask regulations. And unfortunately, a lot of the people who followed the science for the last 18 months have decided that the science is no longer worth following. And we've seen a lot of articles, New York Times especially did a feature on people who are fully vaxxed and are still not even only single masking, but double masking. And I went into Target last night with no mask on, didn't feel unsafe, felt totally fine. There were so many people in Target without a mask on. And so it makes you wonder, is it all theater or are people truly like, scared out of their minds to exist and if so that's kind of sad um but it's it's starting to get a little shocking that we're still that now we've gone from listen to the science it'll keep you safe to listen to the science because either a we're going to show you how woke we are b we're too terrified to actually listen to the science or c whatever else i don't i don't know mark what are your thoughts well one i do think they are legitimately scared and terrified i think it's partially if not fully because of the way the media treated this so i do feel like they're scared and the thing is if you want to double mask and i don't care it doesn't matter like we can't as long as the government like i'm not going to outlaw jorts even though that looks stupid but like if you wear jorts in walmart that's fine like you can double mask and be vaccinated it doesn't matter to me um i think it's personally doesn't make any sense but like it's your life i'm not trying to do that no issue with following the science like i don't care if you follow the science or not it doesn't it doesn't matter to me i i just want the rules and regulations and laws to reflect that and that's the problem i don't care that you're vaccinated wearing mask but it's not it's ridiculous that you like if you have the idea that the everyone should have to wear a mask after their vaccine because that takes away the whole point of a vaccination um so it's like i just think you're gonna have to let people be and these people are not if you're if you're wearing a double mask you know after after you've been vaccinated you're not the smartest person in the world but there's a lot of not smart people in the world. So like, if, if you're happy, then go ahead and, and be happy. You know, I'm yeah. not going to stop you. Well, and I know that of the two of us, I tend to be the more compassionate one, probably like a hundred to one on the <laughs> compassion meter. But I really do feel sorry for these people who are so scared, like children who are afraid to take the masks off, who haven't got but that, I mean, it's their parents though. It's not the kids, right? It's That's their parents saying, how awful it is. Yeah. It's the children who have been brainwashed to think that they're not going to be safe. You know, it's really sad what the media and to a degree, some president, some of the presidential administration actions, help local health departments, the fear of God that they have put into people. It's really sad. 
we've kind of lost this idea of the fact that statistics matter too, right? So like, if you get a vaccine, you're 95% safe from that's kind of the if you get one, I guess it's, and on top of that, even if you were to get it, um, all the symptoms are less all like, it's going to be a lot. But people say, I'm not willing to take that chance. And it's like, well, if you're not willing to take that chance, you should never leave your house. Because if, if that's the point, you should never drive a car. You should never go on an airplane. You should never do anything. Because if you're not willing to take that chance with those, that percentage numbers, then you're not willing to take a chance on anything. Um, and and it, it just shows like a lack of understanding about like there's a risk reward ratio and nothing is 100% safe. Nothing we do. When I go and walk to my car today, you know, there's a chance I get hit by a car. So this whole idea, nothing is 100% safe. So when you're saying, oh, I just I'm not willing to take the risk. Well, then if that's the case, you should look at the percentage of things that you do do on a normal basis and see the rest. You shouldn't be drinking beer. You shouldn't be doing any kind of drugs for sure. Um, you probably shouldn't even be eating meat. You shouldn't be eating vegetables. I mean, there's all, everything like you can't do anything. So it's just a, it, it's a mathematical conundrum to me at this point, not even a scientific one, because the math's there. And if you're not willing to take that chance, then you really should just like be like bubble boy, put yourself in the bubble and just kind of roll around down to make sure nothing happens. I was about to say, we're going to talk about some weirdo movies later. But, uh, <laughs> that's a good one. Actually, that is, that is a weird premise. That is a good, that's a good one to talk about. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. A bunch of, bunch of people. The next thing it starts, started with single mask. Now it's going to be double mask. The next thing is going to be hamster wheel, like bubbles and people are walking around. Seriously, it's not, it's not crazy. It's not crazy. It's not crazy. It's not it like, is crazy, uh, but it's, it's not unrealistic. <laughs> I mean, like I've gotten sicker from eating meat that I didn't cook all the way through than I think COVID would make. Me. So it's like everything, you're right. I'm, I'm really thinking of what you're saying now. Everything is a risk and it's all calculated risks, but come on people. And, and part of it, and I'm not, I'm not even blaming the news media generally, but the whole point of them is they want to, you know, they want people to watch it. If it leads, it bleeds. If it bleeds, it leads. That's kind of always been the thing. So they want to make people as scared as possible because that's usually their ratings. And it's not to say there's nothing. And, and there obviously is something here. And, you know, 500, 600,000 people have died. It's a serious thing. But but the, the whole, and I, I actually saw a, a good poll to show like they had liberals and conservatives and conservatives are way more, um, correct about what it actually does. It said, if you get COVID, what percentage of people think, what percentage of people do you think go to the hospital or go to the emergency room? And like 35% of liberals said 50% or more. It was some huge number. So if you actually look at those numbers, um, they are the ones completely out of, out of whack on what it does. And a lot of that is because the media makes it seem like, yeah, if you get it, you're, you're going to get the emergency room. You're going to die. Like every, every, like there's a couple lucky people who don't have any issues or it's not bad, but like, that's not the realistic, that's not what's actually happening. Wow. Okay. And I like, and I like, and I like the media. I'm not, like, but okay. you have to understand what they're doing. You have to understand the reason they're doing this. And you need to be smart to like look up stuff yourself. And, and people just are afraid to look at percentage. I don't know why, but like, well, 600,000 people die. I'm like, yeah, that's a ton. What percentage is that of the people in the U S or the people who've gotten it like that? It's, it's not big and you should be careful because it's more than 0%. But at some time, at some point you have to make a choice and say, well, if there's a point at my age, my weight, all this thing, there's a point zero, 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 one percent chance of me dying from it, I'm probably going to take that risk. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about what you just said there for a second, doing research and actually looking at things on your own. Um, I read in CNBC today that this new group called Consumers Research is starting to take out ads on CNBC, Fox News, Fox Business, calling out woke CEOs. So they specifically in the latest round of ads, or I guess maybe it's the first round of ads, we're calling out Coca-Cola, American Airlines, and Nike for their CEOs instituting a woke culture in the workplace. And 
I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but I do love the fact that we live in America and you can do that. Um, and I am sick of the woke culture coming into everything. Like I drink a Coca-Cola every single day. It's like my weakness. And I sometimes when I see things online that they're promoting a woke culture in the workplace, it kind of pisses me off that I'm like being a consumer of theirs. Like I don't want to give them my money, but I'm also like addicted to it. But there was this app that came out several years ago. It still exists called Second Vote. And Second Vote is a web is an app you can go on and look at all of your favorite brands to see if they donate to liberal or conservative causes, if they promote free speech in the workplace. They're also doing um, investment accounts for people to invest in companies that promote free speech and or promote even conservative values. And so I think it's interesting and I'm still kind of processing through how I feel about all this because I hate the fact that everything is politicized which is why I still drink my Coke Zero every afternoon but I do think it's interesting that as half of culture is pushing toward the left the fact the faction that's getting pushed on is now starting to push back and honestly I think that's a beautiful thing about America and you might disagree with me Mark but I think this is a really cool turning of the tides you may say. Well, I'm more concerned about Nike's use of slave labor than I am with than I am than I am concerned about their wokeness. But um, yeah, it's an interesting concept. I mean, that I think the the one positive about this is like this is kind of what capitalism is. Like, I think the problem is when we're telling the government they should, you know, ban this because I don't like this, or they should stop this company because I don't like it, as opposed to like saying, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna let people know and I'm gonna call them out, and then people, consumers can choose whether they want to still go there or not. For the most part, I don't really boycott anything. I think unless you're like funding terrorism, like even if you're woke or you're social, it's like, I'm like, well, look, if your product's good and I'm getting value out of your product, as long as you're not actually funding things that are just horrendous, then um, I'm usually okay with the difference of opinion. Um, I think with that being said, one of the weird things is like, so I saw that Georgia was talking about getting rid of um, Coke's like corporate welfare deal. And I have an issue with that, not because, I mean, of course I want that, but like, we should be getting rid of all corporate welfare. Why, why do you need to say, like, why does it take conservatives, it, it takes like somebody saying something woke or, or saying something about a law that they don't like to, uh, to defund them of getting these special privileges when like, as conservatives, we should all believe in that. Nobody should get special privileges. Like, it's a shame. And the Titans too, it's like, oh, the Titans were kneeling, right? It's like, oh, wait, we should take away their special privileges and tax. I was like, it doesn't matter if they're kneeling or not. We should get rid of them no matter what. Like, it's insane that this has happened in the first place. So yeah. it's, like, it's weird for me though when you're like well it is good policy to, to get rid of their things but like i don't think it's for the right reason the reason is because it taxpayers should not be paying millionaires and, and private companies when small businesses are struggling and not helping them at all so it's like this just weird it's a weird thing but i guess my point is that i think i think people should do whatever they want i think capitalism is great and i think that honestly that it, it's weird that the liberals right now are kind of using this they a lot of hate capitalism. Like, oh, well, let's boycott this and do something. Like, well, you are just saying why you're talking about why capitalism is great, right? Because like you're Market, able baby. to do that. Yeah, and I think I, I think I told you most boycotts. I mean, they don't work. I mean, think about Chick Fil A. They made more money from being boycotted. I think the My Pillow guy. Like, a lot of times they don't work, and you're giving these, especially me, medium companies, like way more press than they would get otherwise. I know. I was I was just about to say I um, when people came out against the Goya Foods CEO, I used to be like a big just like get the public's brand and be done. I am like exclusively in canned products, a Goya Foods girl now, just because I got mad at how they treated their CEO just for saying what was on his mind. My mom got on and ordered two my pillows, and she's obsessed with them just because she didn't like how their CEOs were getting attacked. I ate at Chick-fil-A the whole week that people were trying to boycott them. And so, yes, I do think that capitalism works, but to your point about um, 
the corporate welfare deals, I think you sometimes let the perfect be the enemy of the good. And if we're chipping away at corporate welfare deals, baby steps, we shouldn't have done it in the first place. That ship has sailed though. And I think that if, if now, if whatever the reason is, get rid of the deals altogether. But it's just uh, picking more winners and losers though. You're saying, oh no, you know what? You, you, you're going to be a loser now because you don't support our, our policy protected. That's not, that's not a good step. No, you're right. Like, I, I want to get rid of all of them. But it's like saying that now, oh, if you're not aligned with the policies of our specific state, that you can't get a corporate welfare deal. Like if Los Angeles, if, if California, that there'd be no more conservative companies. So it's like, I, I just think it should be gotten rid of all together. So I don't actually think it's a good step in the right direction, even though I like that there's, le- I like the corporate welfare is being talked about. It's the only benefit of it. Yeah, I kind of see where you're coming from now. It's like a moral dilemma. It's like, I hate corporate welfare, but I also don't think that it should be in any way aligned with politics because that's. That's it shouldn't be aligned with anything. It, it should, yeah. I mean, there, there shouldn't be the thing. It should be based on specifically what you offer consumers, not like whatever tax break or whatever you know, or what political persuasion you have. Yeah, like all that stuff is is nonsense. I mean, that's that's honestly like cronyism at the hands of the government at its finest. <laughs> exactly. I know. I know. Even though we even though we agree with them fighting back against the wokeness, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't want the government to do that. Yeah, it's not. I want people to be able to do it, and not and the government not be involved. And I don't want them yeah. to fund Coca Cola or any other company. I get in a lot of arguments with my friends because I'm I'm surrounded mostly by lefties all around on all sides. And, you know, at the end of every argument, I just say the difference between you and me is that we have a fundamental disagreement on the role of government. And I think that's like where we are. I think that that really is what separates the right from the left is this fundamental disagreement on what the role of government is. And, I, you know, I have to at this point, you kind of have to agree to disagree and and just acknowledge that like you think the government is supposed to fix everything, and I think the government screws everything up, and that that's the that's the whole difference in this the woke police and trying to get the government to be the woke police. It's a nightmare. And I do want to say I, I do feel like we kind of hammer liberals a little bit, um, especially with like the woke stuff. But I will say that most people don't agree with that. I think that you look at the cancel culture, all that stuff, and we hear the loudest, you know, most adamant, like socialists and liberals saying these things, but that's not what most Democrats think. Um, and, and, you, and you kind of, and you, and you hear the people on the right saying kind of, I mean, like the, the far right, you know, some of them say like these crazy things are conspiracy theories. Like that's not what most people on the right believe. So I do think we need to cut through because the loudest, most like divisive voices are the ones we hear from both sides. Yeah. I think there's a difference between conservatives and liberals, Republicans and Democrats, and then the lefties and the right wing folks. Like, like that's kind of how yeah, the I, socialists and the QAnon people are like, the, like that's not what those people actually, most of those people actually believe. But even, but even not going as far as socialists, like a lot of people that I'm surrounded with in my age group, the 29 to 35 year olds who are the woke people, they're more like lefties than traditional Democrats than like the kind of Democrat that like my grandparents are. And yep. so there's there's just a huge difference on any side of it. And I think it's interesting. I feel like maybe at the beginning of my political career, maybe like 10 years ago, Democrats and people on the left really walked the party line and they all walked the party line and Republicans were the side of more factions and more people like the libertarians, the conservatives, the, the Tea Party, the Tea yeah. Party, all that. Now, I think that people on the left have stopped walking the party line. And if they want to get the party line back on the page of everyone, the far lefts aren't going to move more center. It's going to have to be the centers moving far left. And that's, you know, when does that become socialism, communism, whatever. And it turns from a democratic party with more liberal ideals to an authoritarian party. It's very, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see, I guess, over the next 10 years, how that does evolve. Will it swing back center or will it 
go more because we always talk about how the Republican Party may shift into more conservative and more libertarian, but we don't really talk about how the Democratic Party may shift to more centrist, liberal, and more socialist. I'm just talking now. I just I no, no, but no. I think it's but what's interesting is I do feel like the the, the Democrat. You're right. You're going to have to go left if you're going to do that. But I mean, I think the Republican Party has become either whatever Trump says or what, like, it's, it's all about at this point, it's about whether you agree with him or you're not, or like, yeah. he, I mean, somebody who disagree with him, I mean, obviously got voted out of leadership, which I mean, so I do think that the Republican party is actually kind of more walk the party line now, but the party line is more, in my opinion, whatever Trump thinks more than kind of a specific policy agenda. That's a really good observation. And I, I agree with you. I think that's, that's really smart. Um, speaking of Mark being really smart, uh, <laughs> my he's my betting guru, and it's about to, and hopefully uh, Braves get in the postseason this year, and Mark can help me win some win some money off that. But before that, Mark, tell us what you're doing next week, end of this week into next week. Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, next tomorrow morning, I'm going to be going to Salt Lake City. Um, so the Jazz, this is the first time in their history we're actually the number one overall seed in the NBA tournament. So we had the best record in the NBA. Um, we're still about the seventh best odds of winning for some reason that, that didn't translate uh, the odds of winning with that. But um, no, it's really exciting. This is the first time I've been a jazz fan really since I guess 2000. Um, so, and it's been, kind of been my only real team that I just love more than anything. And this is the first time in that year that I think we actually have a chance of winning. So I will be going to a playoff game, if not two, when I go to Salt Lake city, very excited. I'm really hoping we don't play the Lakers in the first round so that we will determine that tonight. That would be a nightmare, but uh, it's really exciting. And after years, and, and we'll talk about kind of your thoughts on, on Alabama ones, that like, after years of kind of being in the wilderness where it's like either the jazz are terrible or they're fine, but they don't have a chance of winning. Like, Oh, they'll make the playoffs, but like maybe they'll win around, but they don't have a real chance. Like this is the first year and you have kind of two super teams that are a little bit hurt where like the jazz could actually win. So I don't think I've ever been this optimistic and not just like externally. You're like, Oh yeah, we have a chance, but inside you're like, no, of course we're not going to win. This is the first time my external excitement matches how I actually feel. So I do think we can win. That's a really exciting thing after being bad for so many years or being very mediocre. So that's cool. People crap on me all the time because I get upset when Alabama doesn't win a national championship and they're like, you don't know what it's like to, to fight and struggle. I'm like, okay, I have been a lifelong Alabama fan. And trust me, we know what it's like to walk in the wilderness. We had that year where Mike Price was um, our coach for like three months before he was found to be taking recruits to strip clubs and got fired. And he didn't even win. Like you figure going to do that, you'd have more wins. He didn't win, even right? coach a game. Oh, okay. He didn't even coach a game. He came from Washington State, right? Isn't that, isn't that where you hired him from? I don't remember, but it was so bad. Like I, my mom actually reminded me recently of one of the quotes that became very popular that he said to a, a lady dancer. And I will not repeat it on this show, but let's just say he was a, to use your favorite term, a scumbag. And what a, what, a, what a really respectful term, the lady dancer. I feel like that's such a nice, a nice term. I, I like I didn't say stripper, you said lady okay. dancer. That could be a, ba like a ballerina, who knows? Okay, not a, not a ballerina. <laughs> I feel like I can't say the word stripper. Like it makes me feel scandy. Um, and then we had Shula, who was just a huge disappointment. Yeah. There were just a lot of coaches in there that we would have, like we were talking about earlier, we would have a good year, like 10 and two. But there was no chance of, and this was when the BCS was going on and there was no play. Yeah. Yeah, you had to go 11 and 1 or 12 and 0 pretty much to get in. Yeah. And so there was really no shot. And, you know, we've talked about it a million times how we feel about expanding the playoff, but even with four teams is better than what it used to be with BCS. And it was all based on like numbers and percentages and whatever. Um, so we had a few years walking in the wilderness. I think Auburn beat us six years in a row. And the famous Bear Bryant quote was, 
uh, it, we can win at something like this. We can win every game of the year, but nothing matters in more than beating the Cal College on the other side of the state. And so losing to Auburn, like all through my youth, you know, 2000, 2004, I was in elementary school. I was a kid and, you know, kids get like really fired up about these things, much like I still do now. So we were terrible. And so I know what it feels like. And so in 2009, when we re were really good under Saban for the first time, I remember how that feels. And so I can, you're going to hate that I'm using this term, Mark, but I'm sure you have butterflies in your stomach. I do. I know I do. And, and, and even the thing is, though, I'm, I'm realistic. I know that we're a small market team. One championship in my lifetime would be enough. Seriously, in the next 51, because the Jazz have never won. It's never happened. Like Alabama, it's like, yeah, like if you don't win one in four or five years, you're mad. But like <laughs> j just one, because I understand this whole idea that like free agents don't want to come to Utah. It's, you're not going to like you, this is kind of everything is kind of worked together this year. And we'll probably be pretty good next year, too. But like if we don't get in this two year period, I'm not sure it will ever happen. So like this is kind of the chance. And I am uh, I'm very like I'm not going to keep I'll of course keep cheering for them. But if they win one, I'll never complain about them losing again. I don't yeah. think. Absolutely. Is Kira going with you on this trip? She is. She okay. is. And, and my friend Jonathan's actually going to come meet me too. He's kind of my, my best friend growing up. And he's like, well, Aww. did you bring another jazz playoff game? I, I want to go with you. So it's amazing. Are we concerned at all that Kira will come to her senses and run after she sees how crazy you are when the jazz are playing? <laughs> I'll be honest. I'm, for for as, as crazy as I'm normally, I am a very calm fan. I clap. And, and when they're losing, like, you know, how people yell and stuff. I don't I yell. <laughs> I, I go like I just get depressed and don't talk, which is better. Like I don't yell. I'm not embarrassing. I'll just like you can tell I'm upset, but I'm not. I'm like I'm gonna be texting Kira and find out if you're telling the truth or not. Because I, I promise I am. And, and like I'll, I mean, I get excited. See, but what I, I'm I'm a good fan when you're losing because like I will not say a word, or I might just mumble things in my breath. Like, why are we even an NBA team? But like, not it. It's not yelling. I'm not a yeller. I'm a yeller. I actually got really mad after a game at an Alabama LSU game. One time we lost to LSU when I was a sophomore in college and their band marched down sorority row and I was holding a can of beer and <laughs> threw it at the band. Like that's the kind of person I am. I'm a That's horrible. I know. It <laughs> that's was like, really that's like illegal. I think that's like borderline <laughs> assault. Wow. Okay. Um, no, I'm not a bad person like you. So no, we do have a difference there. <laughs> I'm a terrible person. Um, let's talk about something a little more light, lighthearted than my life of crime. Um, so this is the 20th, this year's the 20th anniversary of Shrek coming out. And, you know, Shrek was a weird movie. And I was reading online that some of the DreamWorks staff, when they were working on it, they thought it was going to be a huge flop. They thought it was going to be absolutely terrible because it's just a weird concept. And they said that if you got sent to work on the Shrek project, it was like getting sent to Siberia, like getting exiled from the DreamWorks family. And now Shrek is like, so it was like so popular. Everyone loved Shrek. I remember being on the science team in the fifth grade and we listened to the Shrek soundtrack all day of our science competition. To pump, to, yes, to pump <laughs> ourselves up because it was all star. And, you know, the more we think about it, like I just accepted Shrek for like a great movie with like a funny scenes and whatever when I was in fourth grade. And now as an adult, I think back on it, I'm like, that movie was freaking weird. And a lot of movies. Yeah, oh, I mean, it featured ogres that are princes or queens and stuff. It's weird. A princess that turned into an ogre when the sun goes down. Like, it's yeah, weird. Yes. And, and so, and a talking donkey and a cat that talked. Like, it's just a weird movie. And, but I loved it. And I still quote, not my gumdrop buttons when they pluck the gumdrop button off the gingerbread man. Like, there's memorable things, but... I started to think about all of the movies that we loved as children and what on earth were we watching? Like Beauty and the Beast, 
that is weird. A beast capturing a young girl in exchange for her dad and then she falls in love with him. Like, that's weird. A bubble boy, that is weird. Osmosis Jones, weird. Oh, was that Eddie Murphy? I never saw that movie. So that was um, that guy that's in the Wes Anderson movies. It was, um, I don't remember. I'll think of it. I'll think of it. But like, there were a lot of weird Oh, Chris movies. Rock. It's Chris Rock. Yes, yes. Okay, okay, okay. There was a there were a lot of weird movies that we watched as children and like what were our parents doing? Yeah, I remember um I, I always thought the weirdest one was like, and I mean I, I don't care, but like uh, and I used to love this movie, but remember the brave little toaster where they oh, have all these like appliances talking to each other and like going on adventures? Like you have just right like the a toaster is and like all these I, I don't even remember. I used to love the movie though. And this, but it's like all these like weird household appliances going on adventures together and talking. That's a strange. That's weird. No, Bill Murray was the guy that was in Osmosis Jones too, I guess with Chris Rock. Okay. Right? Yeah. With Chris Rock. Yeah, okay, yeah. That's what I was thinking of. But yeah, Brave <laughs> Little Toaster. Like what in the, you're, I'm watching a toaster dance around and go on adventures. Okay. And a bunch of other, like there's like a blender. I forget the exact thing. There's all these just household things that we're going on adventures together. I'm like, what is the point of this? And then like in church, we watched Veggie Tales. Like, so you're telling uh, that, me- That's still weird. I don't get that. It is weird. And Toy Story, like how was I not more scared of Toy Story? How was oh. I not freaked out that my toys might be coming to life when I left my playroom? Yeah. And what about like Barney? I know it's a TV show. Like there's a big purple dinosaur like hanging around kids. And like, I like, love oh. Barney. We have Barney Christmas ornaments still on our tree because I love Barney so much. My parents took me to see Barney. He's creepy. He's real creepy. <laughs> yeah. Like all of these things that we watched as children, but you know that as soon as I have a kid, I'm going to set him in front of the TV and watch that stuff all over again. Like it is weird. Oscar the Grouch on Sesame Street. You want me to watch a guy that lives in the garbage? I, yeah, I don't know. I guess the point is like that it's it's that kids like things that are, I don't know, like that come to life that aren't, aren't usually life. Like what about the, the land before time? All these old dinosaurs yeah. talking. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess like making inanimate objects animate is like it, actually now that we talk about that, that's pretty much the theme of every single kids movie. It's like these things that don't normally talk. So they clearly have a, a tried and true like method that works. I mean, I've really clearly spent a lot of time thinking about this over the last few days about just the weirdo things that I used to that we used to watch as children and our parents accepted as normal. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, as, as, I, the thing is, though, as a parent, I imagine like as long as okay, is my kid entertained? Yes. Is this something I'm worried about them seeing? No, it's weird, but it's it's not harmful. Um, and at that point, it's like, will he shut up for two hours? Yes. Okay, that's that's perfect. I imagine that I would be exact. I, I like to watch anything they want as long as it wasn't like dangerous to them. Do you remember the Mary Kate Ashley mysteries and like Mary? Well, I don't watch like, it because I'm a guy, but yeah. Okay. Well, they were like <laughs> seven year old girls running around like Sea World and stuff, solving a mystery it's like where are your parents like the best thing was as a kid i wasn't allowed to watch um captain planet because my dad you remember captain planet oh it was like this superhero is like an environment like my dad's like it's some like bs environmental so even like in the like he knew that the, the environmental like like radical but like it was a, i can't believe you don't know that i mean you're a little no. bit younger than me but like no indoctrination like, for mark yeah yeah i, I mean and my friend used to watch it like why can't i watch because i wasn't allowed to watch other things because like they they like thieves and butt or something they cursed or whatever uh-huh. but like captain point is like oh no there's nothing wrong with it it's just uh, i don't want to deal with this crazy environmental like like trying to you know i guess make, make your brain think a certain way about these things i wasn't allowed to watch rugrats because rugrats is so good okay i wasn't allowed to watch it because angelica had a bad attitude and i had a bad attitude as a child and my parents literally said you have you already you don't need any help you're not you remind to- me of angelica i think that's a good i feel that like you're a lot like angelica <laughs> <laughs> i haven't seen that show in a long time i remember my I, I was chucky for halloween though 
Okay, that's cute. And and I remember getting older and watching the Rugrats movie or whatever, but like as oh, yeah. a small child, I had to change the channel when Rugrats came on because my parents didn't want me getting any ideas from Angelica. I get it. I feel like I feel like you would copy her, be like, oh, she did this. And she she picked on Tommy like this. Let me do that to my sister. No, I would have. When I was in sixth grade and saw Mean Girls, I was like, oh, I love the plastics and like was mean. And think about when you were 10, how much even like you would have. So yeah, I think they made a good call on that. I think they made a really good yeah, call. Yeah, it's smart. Regardless, it was a, it was a weird show. Rugrats was too. They were all weird shows. I'm glad we're out of that phase of life, but I might go watch Shrek tonight. Well, there's still, I mean, you still have great memories of it. So yeah. this is like the longest one we've done. I think it's like a half hour one. I know. We, should we don't have to talk about it. Well, have fun in Utah, Mark. I will miss you. Sloan and I will send pictures and you send, I'm keeping Sloan. For yeah, for, for five. Yeah, yeah. You have to, to take pictures. Yeah, you, you, she can be your uh, guest host next week, maybe. She's I'll very entertaining. I'll just alone with me. I'll just hold yeah. her like a little purse dog. <laughs> um, have fun in Utah, Mark, and everyone have a good week, and we'll see you around.